0: No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. Welcome back to the Pale Hose Report. This is your host, Pat Voigt. There's a, there's a lot going on this week in, uh, in White Sox baseball. And there's one travesty, one injustice going on that I really want to flush out, I really want to talk to you guys about, um, get that off my chest to start. And then uh, we got notes from the past couple series, a couple things I noticed, a couple funny things, just things I think uh, think White Sox fans should be aware of. And then we got the trade deadline coming up. The trade deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 3 p.m. in Chicago, for all you time zone nerds like me, let's let's talk let's talk trade deadline. Let's let's make some predictions, put some hopes up. So let's get into it. No up, Chicago. All right. So so the injustice going on is this Eloy Jimenez situation. As to why Rick Hahn and the White Sox have not called up Eloy Jimenez to the major league team it is a mystery to me as of right now. Eloy was murdering baseballs at double a Birmingham. They brought him up to triple a Charlotte. Uh, and he continues to slaughter baseballs. I mean, he is tattooing the ball. He hit a home run tonight. Uh, he's got a. He's on a 10 game hitting streak sitting like three seventy five. Um, it, it's just, he's forcing the issue. Rick Hahn always talks about when, when the good players have a tendency to force the issue, force you to call them up. Eli Jimenez is forcing you. I mean, he he doesn't yet have a knife to Rick Hahn's throat, but but we're almost getting to that point. I mean, his play has been stellar at every level for the Cubs organization uh, and then the White Sox organization after he was traded for in the Jose Quintana deal. And I I hear... so, So the people who say keep him in the minors are stating that if you keep Eloy Jimenez in the minors until April 15th, 2019, then you get an extra year of arbitration. The reason that doesn't make any sense to me is because if you keep this guy in the minor leagues for another five weeks this year, and then you keep him in the minors for two weeks next year, I think you run the risk of alienating Elo Jimenez himself, the player, and I think you run the risk of alienating his agent and probably his mom and you know his his siblings. Uh, this this level of alienation reminds me of what bad ball clubs do. It just it it smacks to me somewhat of the the Derek Rose situation, where you have a couple stupid decisions that lead to communication breakdowns and everybody looks stupid in the end. So <laughs> I think you gotta bring Eloy up and. I say that because his, his hitting has been spectacular at the lower levels. His fielding has been as good as any White Sox corner outfielder right now, maybe outside of Larry Garcia. Uh, so the, the, his defense is not the issue. And, and Rick Hahn keeps stating that, oh, he has yet to face struggles. Well, perhaps the competition isn't good enough to force him to struggle, therefore you got to bring him up to the higher level to the major leagues, and then he can, he can face some struggles and deal with adversity on the major league level. Cause he certainly doesn't seem like he's going to be running into any, any adversity uh, on the minor league level. So I think with, with respect to Eloy Jimenez, the, the cons outweigh the pros in terms of, of making him stay in the minor leagues. Um, and you're, you're alienating your fan base as well. Everybody going, to to guarantee great field wants to see Ilo Jimenez. There's not some not nobody's going there saying, Oh man, I you know, <laughs> I really came out here today for Nicky Delmonico. I mean we love Nicky, but Eloy Jimenez is is the future. Uh, we gotta see him. And you got so many young guys in in the White Sox organization. If you start messing around with Elo Jimenez right now, what kind of message is that sending to your younger players Already in the pipeline who are, are saying, Oh, well, are they going to, are they going to force me to wait an extra two months when I'm ready to go? Or are they going to pull me up to the majors? Uh, I, I think with all things said, I think you got to have Elo Jimenez on the White Sox roster by August 15th or you risk, you risk alienating all those different parties and, and nobody wants to see that. Um, so let's get Eloy to Chicago. Uh, you know he'll be welcomed. People, people in this town. I mean, I I don't want to say the Frank Thomas words, but he kind of looks a little like Frank Thomas when uh, when you see somebody hitting with that kind of power and with that average. Uh, so everybody wants to see this kid. Bring him up. No catch-up, Chicago. All right, so let's let's look at the past couple of series for the Sox. The Sox were out uh, in Seattle and Anaheim. Uh, in Anaheim, they had a—I've never seen this before—but uh, they had a B delay toward the end of one of the games in Anaheim. The, toward the end of the day game in Anaheim, I—I uh, never seen a game stopped for bees before. But uh, apparently, there was a B problem, and the home plate umpire got stung a number of times and was taken off in the seventh inning. Um so <laughs> you know, be be careful if you go out to the ballpark uh in Anaheim there there's a bunch of bees out there. Um so, you know, be careful it's not Craig Biggio and, and Lance Berkman and them. It's it's actual insect bees uh that will sting you like they stung the home plate umpire. And then uh coming back to Chicago this past weekend, uh the Blue Jays were in town. And one of, one of my favorite non-White socks, Curtis Granderson, a.k.a. the Grandy Man, um, he's one of my favorites because he grew up in the south burbs of Chicagoland, grew up uh, out in Blue Island, and I think in, I want to say in Lyle as well, uh, but in any case, uh, he grew up, at, he's a local kid, um, and he went to the University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC, Uh, and he's got the baseball field named after him there. So that is a, that is a cool thing. His nickname is, is quite awesome as well. The Grandy Man makes reference to, uh, the classic Chicago horror movie Candyman. And, uh, it's a, it's a pretty apropos nickname because that movie, uh, a good portion of that movie takes place at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Um, so it's quite a fitting nickname for Curtis, uh, to be called the Grandy Man. Of all the games in the Toronto series, uh, this past Friday's game was the most interesting to me. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez pitched for the Sox. Uh, he looked terrible. It seems like uh, Ronaldo and Lucas Giolito have switched spots, uh, where now Lucas Giolito is pitching with some confidence, and Ronaldo Lopez is lacking in both stuff and confidence. Um, his pitches don't seem to have a lot of movement on them. Uh, and that game opened with Curtis Granderson uh, going yard. Uh, on Ronaldo Lopez. And hey, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see a Chicagoan doing well, uh, but uh, not, against, not against the White Sox, um, especially against one of their young developing pitchers. Uh, so that was not, not great. That was, that was not ideal. Uh, but <laughs> it, to make matters, uh, I don't know, worse or better, uh, Ricky Renteria and Don Cooper both decided they, they'd had it uh, and got booted before a single out was recorded. Uh, in Friday's game. So that, that was some wildness. And then there was, uh, Tim Anderson versus Marcus Strowman, the beef that originates back to last summer, to last August, uh, where Tim started screaming at Marcus Strowman. And I think rightfully so. Uh, Marcus Strowman is, is a pretty big douchebag. Uh, not a big fan. He, he's constantly hot dogging on the mound. He loves to try to quick pitch hitters. Uh and Tim took special exception with that last August. Uh and of course Tim went 0 for 4 against him on Friday night. I hate to see that. And and Strowman on the on their fourth on, on Anderson's fourth plate appearance was, was like he he struck him out and was like dancing around on the mound. It, it, fuck that guy. You know, fuck you, Marcus Strowman. You're a piece of shit. Like I, I hope he I hope Strowman gets traded. Or stays at least in in the AL um, if he does get traded. Preferably, I'd like to see him come to an AL Central team, not the White Sox, because uh, I want to see more Tim Anderson, Marcus Stroman. I want to see more Marcus Stroman versus the White Sox. I would love nothing more than to see Marcus Stroman get his dick kicked right in by the White Sox. That would that would really just that would make my month. Um, so, but I think that's coming. I think with the amount of talent coming up, uh, that, that's gonna happen. And, uh, let's talk. Every time I see Kendrys Morales, he's the DH for Toronto. I always think like, who gave the Michelin man a bat and some batting gloves? Cause that guy always looks like he's just popped out of the tire ad and then it came and, you know, whacked some baseballs. Uh, Thiago Vieira was also up. In an action for the White Sox. Um, he is a Brazilian flamethrower that the Sox got uh, via inter- the international pool money. Uh, they traded international pool money with Seattle to acquire Vieira. <laughs> and um, Thiago uh, made his White Sox debut Friday night uh, and showed a serious lack of control for his 97-mile-an-hour heater uh, because he hit back-to-back Batters. Um, nobody likes that. Poor Omar Narvaez was back there, the catcher for the White Sox, just you know, hoping and praying that he was going to catch Thiago's next pitch because uh, that was ugly. But hopefully, hey, hopefully, Vieira gets with Don Cooper and he can get his control um, and he can he can become a productive pitcher out of the White Sox bullpen because um, Lord knows the White Sox need a lot of help in the bullpen. Uh, and we don't have a ton of time to get it before next season, uh, but we'll we'll touch on that a little bit more later. Uh, and then uh, you know, hey, they won on Saturday, woo! And then let's—I want to talk Sunday's game real quick uh, because this Ryan Barucki kid, I I liked, liked the look of this kid. He was uh, he was out there. He was pitching for the Blue Jays, uh, left-handed pitcher, 24 years old. He's out of Mundelein High School. So we got a local kid, local product. And he's got on number 56. Old 5'6 for Mark Burley. And he was uh, he was looking he was looking good. He was working quick like Burley, which was nice. It was refreshing to see a pitcher sort of emulating that. I think you if you look at Chris Sale, you can see a little bit of the Burley, you know, get the ball, throw the ball. Don't walk around and take off your hat a bunch of times and think about it. Just get up there, receive the ball, pitch the ball. Uh, so it was good to see somebody out there, molding, you know, molding themselves after, after Mark Burley, especially a Chicago kid. Big ups to him. Uh, also big ups to Hawk, Tom Pachoric, aka Wimpy, uh, and Steve Stone, just, uh, sitting in the classics booth. I, uh, I like that. And that that was good. And Omar Narvaez was really hot. Um, and speaking of hot, if you uh, if you watched until the painful end, the bitter end of Sunday's game, you got a real treat. Uh, at least at least I thought so, because Lourdes Guriel blew his knee out, and I don't mean that was a treat. That's terrible. Uh, did not look good. He went sliding into second and twisted up his knee and ankle, just his whole leg. It did not look good at all. Uh, but with that said, the Toronto Blue Jays trainer, uh, it was a gruesome injury. I hope Lourdes is doing better. You know, uh, shout out to you and your family. Uh, but the, the Blue Jays trainer, Nikki Huffman stole the show. If you can go back and watch, watch the ninth inning of Sunday's game, please do so. Uh, because she ran out there. She had the the Blue Jay Blue Air Force ones on, and she was slim thick. She bent over, and I, I stopped thinking about the gruesome injury. Um, and <laughs> I uh, I hate to be so un- uncouth there, but you know it is what it is. Uh, she's a she's a very good looking trainer. Uh, so so look out for Le- Nikki Huffman uh, off the Blue Jays. She's, uh, you know training up uh, training up athletes. Somewhere in a city near you. Um so I know that I know the White Sox fans here. Um we'll have to get out to the Blue Jays game next year to uh you know, holler at it real quick. No catch up Chicago. All right, let's talk White Sox and trades. Uh it's not as good as last year, uh but the White Sox did trade Joaquin Soria to the Brewers um earlier this past week for uh, Cody Midoros. Um, who is a Brewers Double A prospect. He's a 22-year-old left-handed pitcher. Um, he, he sounds good. He seems like he's going to be part of the bullpen of the future. They also got Wilbur Perez, a 20-year-old right-hander, out of, uh, out of the Brewers organization, but he's with the, the Dominican Summer League Brewers, so he's a long way away. Uh, hopefully he does well. You know, all, all the power to him. Uh, and then they traded some international pool money. I believe a million and a half dollars of their international pool money was traded to get Caleb Ferrara. Uh, Ferrara, I believe, is the proper way to pronounce his name. He's a 25 year old left handed pitcher from the Yankees system, Triple A Scranton Wilkesbury. So that's where they got him from. Looks good. I mean, he's another left handed pitcher. Um, so it seems like he and Maduros will be part of the. The bullpen of the future um, as left-handed arms coming out of the bullpen. A couple moves I'd like to see uh, between now and Tuesday at 3 p.m. Chicago time. I'd like I'd really love to see Larry Garcia go somewhere where he can compete for a championship. I I really like his game, and, and I think he's kind of wasting some of his prime here with the White Sox. And and I'd like to see the White Sox open up a slot in the outfield. Um, to see what they got in Eloy here, uh, Eloy Jimenez, possibly open up a, a spot for Charlie Tilson to get him up back with the big league club and make a determination on on his skill set going forward. So I'd love to see Laury end up with somebody like the Yankees. Um, not that I like the Yankees particularly, but Aaron Judge just went down with an injury. They need an outfielder. I think Laury would be a good fill-in for Judge for the next eight or so weeks. Uh, And then I think he would be an excellent fourth outfielder on a playoff ball club. The last thing I got to say is please do not move Avi Garcia. We have not seen, we've not seen prime peak Avi Garcia yet. Let's wait on that. You can always move him in the off season or at the 2019 trade deadline. So just let's, let's see what he's got. And think about re-signing him. Uh, I know a lot of people think I'm uh, think I'm insane for saying that, but you gotta you gotta keep Avi. He, he's hit for average last year. He's hitting for good power this year. He's having a tough time staying on the field, but I think you still gotta see what you got. So that's uh, that's been the Pelhose report this week. Uh, this is Pat Voigt signing off. Thanks for listening.